What's up, guys? West Sin City Tactical. Thank you for joining in to the Sin City Tactical show. Yes, we are starting the show off at 10 a.m. on Saturdays now for at least a couple of weeks. We've got a bunch of stuff going on personal lives-wise, which is just going to make this easier for us. For Saturdays, we will go back to the 6 p.m. start time on Saturdays. But for now, uh, we are going to be running the show at 10 a.m. And with me, as always, Mr. Jax, the Minnesota Overlander. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, brother? Another day, another dollar. Yeah, How's the family? Oh, they're doing good. Yours? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. We have uh, really nothing to complain about right now, which is fantastic. Indeed, uh, Robbie says, uh, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up? Robert, not Robbie. Yeah, Mr. Rob, thank you for joining in on the show. We appreciate you. Indeed, indeed. Give me a couple minutes. I'm trying to get this shared to a bunch of groups real quick. And then awesome. I'll kick the show off. All right. So now that we have all that squared away, let's uh, get right to it here. First things first, SinCityTactical.xyz or minnesotaoverlander.xyz. We've got a bunch of new merch going on there. We've got new shirts with new logos on them. Actually, I think Jax is wearing the uh, the uh, exclusive shirt. Yeah, there it is. Cool, cool. So we got that one. The logo that you see up in the right-hand corner, that's on a shirt. And then there's a banner logo as well, plus the Minnesota Overlanders have a bunch of new shirts and jackets and hoodies and uh, we are also rolling out ugly sweaters for Christmas. The Minnesota Overlanders one is done. I still need to make one for the Cincinnati Tactical side of things. But that's what's going on with the website, so check that out. Plus, excuse me, you can also find the live stream show on our website as well. So check that out. Indeed. You know, uh, one alibi here before we get to that. Uh, as we said yesterday in the uh, test, we're running a new system for these live streams. So, you know, it's awesome that we're able to actually have it on our website itself. Absolutely. Mr. RX David, thank you for jumping in. We appreciate your support. Indeed. And uh, well, let's David. See. Rob said, my locking mechanism on my safe fried up yesterday i had to pay someone to come out and open it now i need a new safe well mr rob i actually got a hookup for that uh the safe keeper i have a buddy that works there that's a local safe company out of um, las vegas nevada i will message you privately later and give you some information on um, the safe keeper and the uh the guy that i know so we can get you a new safe all right so Let's move into the shout-outs and sponsors. First thing I want to shout-out, and also as one of the sponsors, Controlled Pair Munitions. I've been working there for a couple of weeks. Um, well, actually a couple months now. 
very grateful that they're allowing me to work inside the gun store and learn the inner workings of how that operates and uh, learn a bunch on the gun laws, new equipment that's coming out, new attachments and stuff like that for these firearms. Plus, um, you know, getting to set up the guns and talk about them and, and hand them to people. I'm getting to uh, play with a lot of guns that normally I wouldn't have access to. So I will be able to bring a bunch of new content for that. The uh, owner of the store has allowed me to here soon bring in my camera equipment and do uh, product reviews or gun reviews on guns that are in the shop. So you'll be able to see some guns that um, you may not have seen or uh, haven't gotten to mess with and learn some stuff about that. And then second shout out I'm going to give and also a sponsor is uh, Wendy from Sight Shooter. She is a personal firearms trader out here in Las Vegas. Uh, her classes are reasonably priced. She's about half the cost of all the uh, other competitors that I've seen in town. And she usually supplies targets and ammo. Um, I may not be correct on the ammo part right now with COVID-19, but I know before COVID happened, she was also supplying ammo to her students. So check that out. Um, Jax, you got any shout outs? Yeah, you know, um, I know she's primarily pertaining to you, but again, Wendy, uh, you know, it's awesome that there's people out there uh, in our community that do stuff like that, that are willing to provide the ammo. Now, granted, like you said, with COVID-19 going on, it's a little bit uh, more of a tricky situation to spend the money to provide or to provide ammo for your students. But I mean, it's awesome that she's kind of paying it forward even during COVID and it's still reasonably priced. Secondly, I want to go ahead and shout out the Overlander sponsor real quick and uh, throw out that discount code while we're at it. As you can see, I got my nice little uh, Pro 2A mug here that just came in yesterday after the uh, brief live stream we did. Um, you know, they have a bunch of goodies up on the website. Overlander 25 is the promo code. You can go there, get 15% off the NCCA gear and 25% off the TACX Pro Gear stuff. Um, obviously, just kind of a alibi there. Go check out our website, SinCityTactical.xyz, MinnesotaOverlander.xyz. Like he said, we have merchandise up there as far as the new ugly sweater uh, for Christmas line comes uh, and goes. It's going to be up, so definitely check everything out over there, too, and get yourself some goodies there. Absolutely. Oh. Mm. What was the uh, discount code there again for the Overlander side? Oh, MO5. If you use the code MO5 or SCT5 on either SinCityTactical.xyz or MinnesotaOverlander.xyz, that'll give you a 5% discount on anything that's going on there. That discount code will only be valid for another week. Um, due to the Black Friday stuff, we tried to do something to, to help out. So basically what we're doing is eliminating the, uh, the shipping cost for you by doing that. So once again, check that out. SCT5 or MO5 on either one of our websites. Um, and you can use the discount code for either or. So check that out. All right, we're going to move into tactical gear items. Um, I don't know if you can necessarily consider this a tactical gear item, but it's a cool addition to have. 
especially when you're going shooting and if you plan on shooting a lot of rounds. Obviously, a lot of people right now aren't going shooting a lot, um, but it's still nice to have. And this is the UP Lula or U-P-L-U-L-A speed loader for pistol mags. Um, it goes from 9mm all the way up to 45 caliber. Also works with 357 mag uh, rounds. So basically universal for magazines. Very easy to load. Actually, let's see. I have a mag right here. So, And, of course, I'm going to have to try to do this in the air because it's not showing my desk. So let's see. I've got three rounds out. You take your magazine reloader. You squeeze it together. Push down. Drop the bullet in. Let go, up, down, drop the bullet in, let go, and vice versa. You can get pretty quick with it by doing that, which is nice. So that is the UPLULA or Uplula magazine reloader. Like I said, it works for 9mm um, to up to 45, including 357 mag um, as well. So once again, don't know if that's a tactical gear item in some people's eyes, but for me, that is a must-have in any of my range bags or anytime I go shooting. Indeed, you know, I, and I agree with that statement because, you know, like we've talked about, especially in season one, we both love shooting competition. And, you know, if you're out all day shooting prior to comp, your hands are going to get tired constantly loading magazines. So having something like that in your range bag comes in handy big time. Now, for my tactical gear item of this week, I know we talked about a few other uh, tactical flashlights and the usefulness of them. I know last week we did a little bit on the uh, TLR-6 yeah. that actually mounts to your uh, pistol, which is awesome. But I recently went out and picked up a new survival kit. I needed some more 550 cord, seeing a bunch of other... Uh, goodies in the survival kit that comes in handy but oh shit. yes definitely 550 cord um with a whistle and all that on there um my pack came with a edc knife a um field axe with hex head uh grooves cut out of the actual head of the axe so you had uh basically a wrench if you were in a tight squeeze machete for cutting down weeds and things of that nature uh roll a 60 foot roll of 550 cord now around the axe and the edc knife there's probably another five feet of 550 cord give or take and then it came with the wet or yeah the whetstone for sharpening a fire starter uh Basically. little hand tool which is awesome but speaking of the tactical light though this one has a zoom in, zoom out option, I believe up to 4,000 times the original spot of it. Now, I don't know how well you're going to be able to see this, but that's the brightest setting. If I just lightly tap, it dims it. And then before the show, I was talking with Wes about this seizure party. Yeah. Right. So it's always nice to have... Uh, Good working tactical flashlight. Actually, this is going to go on my EDC belt uh, in a tactical style mag pouch to carry it around in, which it's not really a, I mean, it's a mag pouch, but it's not a 
you know, hard cased ones. So it's it, kind of universal for multiple different things that you can put in it. And I actually found out that this flashlight fits in there nice and snug, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you, you might see similar items on the tactical gear section, but that's because we're bringing you different brands, different styles and different types of a particular item. So you'll probably see another magazine loader. Um, it might not be for pistols. It might be for like AR mags or AK mags or something along the lines of that. Um, and that's because we want to give you guys a broad spectrum of items that can make shooting a, uh, a better experience, especially if you're taking people out that haven't shot before. I think one of the biggest things, especially with new shooters, is to simplify the the whole experience as much as possible. If you start overloading somebody who's brand new to it, you could scare them off and, and make them um, more anti-gun or just not into it as much. So are you popping open a beer right now? Uh, hey, <laughs> it's a four-day vacation weekend. It's five o'clock somewhere, brother. I'm not going to complain. Go ahead. But yeah, yeah no, yeah. for me, the biggest thing is, you know, making things as simple as possible. I want the shooting experience to be as simple as possible, especially for new shooters. So, Indeed. And you know what? I, I don't believe I mentioned the brand for this. Um, it's actually Ozark Trail. I know they're more of a uh, camping gear slash survival um, brand overall, but it actually... You know, the kit I got, to me, felt more of like a, uh, cheers to you too, Rob, but uh, it felt more like a actual tactical style kit, the way it came all set up, especially all three of the blades that came in there, the axe, the machete, and the EDC knife all have really nice uh, inside hard sheath with a, uh, almost like a nylon style meshed. Uh, outer case. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, so like like I said, you'll see a lot of the same stuff um, on the tactical uh, tactical gear side of things. It won't be the exact same product, but something could be a lot uh, similar to other products that we show. All right, so CLS training. This is a Jack's topic, and we're going to let you jump right into it. Indeed, indeed. So, uh Next Saturday, just kind of a heads up of what to expect. I will um, definitely have my IFAC with me. So stay tuned for actual um, kit opening and some more items in there that we're going to go over. This week is going to be more of a hypothetical situation, pretty much for everybody to chime in on. So, you know, and as many of our listeners at least – that have been around a while know that uh, I did six years in the Army. I still got two years in the reserve side of it. So, you know, maybe here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be baby-faced for uh cat card pitcher on that side of things. But uh, this, this is going to be more of a civilian side CLS training today because, let's face it, the situation I was in, during my tenure in the Army is going to be different than some of the things you're going to face, you know, if uh, shit hit the fan, pardon the uh, language there. I know 
YouTube has its uh, guidelines, but for lack of a better word for that situation, this is uh, the situation I'm going to play out for you today. Let's say you're going down the road, you got your buddies in the car, you're on your way to the range, you know, out in the back 40s, about two hours away from where you live. Tire goes out, you're in kind of a known area, but nobody in the town knows you. And you happen to run into a situation where you're just happening to be wrong place, wrong time. Somebody walks up on you, pulls a gun, shoots one of your buddies in, let's say, we'll go with the lower leg on the left-hand side right below your knee. And then pulls a blade, throws it, and is somehow able, just by the sheer luck factor of that actually happening, because that's things you only really see in movies, is able to get the knife to stick into your right arm. Upper right arm. Okay. I'm left-handed, so that works for me if it hits me in the right arm. Um, yes, me too. But now... Per situational episode there, who are you taking care of first, and how are you doing it? Depends. If arteries are hit or not, obviously try to assess both as quickly as possible. First of all, address your threat, right? You got to address the threat first, eliminate the threat, so then you can actually provide medical care. Um, so for me, address the threat. And then find out, you know, am I in a worse situation than my bud or is he in a worse situation than me after addressing the threat? Um, you said shot through the lower leg, left-hand side. Is that through the front, through bone, or is that through and through through the calf? Uh, we'll do through the bone. Okay, so potentially ripping arteries and fun stuff. Um, okay, obviously... Once again, cat's tourniquet, secure the leg wound as much as possible, cut off that blood flow to the lower part of the extremity to try to save it as much as possible. If not, you're at least, you know, keeping your buddy from bleeding out and potentially saving half of his leg, worst case scenario, if you can't make it back. You set a flat tire, so you have to wait for medical to show up if you can even get a hold of him to begin with, um, not to mention you know, replacing that tire, plus you've been hit in the arm. So now you're down to one arm. All right, I'm going to go completely off the wall here, okay? I'm going to strap your leg up, strap my arm up. I'm going to pull you close to the tire. You're going to help me take that tire off. Suck it up. <laughs> you're going to help me take that tire off, replace the tire if we have a spare tire. And then, uh, you know, try to make it back as safe as possible. But, of course, in that scenario, you should have some type of ham radio or some type of broadcasting radio to where you can get on a, on a local uh, police frequency or something to be able to call in. You shouldn't be without some way of communication, right? Yep. Even if you got to start a big-ass fire, start a big-ass fire, somebody's going to see it. you got to find a way to alert somebody. And I guess that goes with the same thing with changing the tire. If I don't have a spare tire and I don't have a ham radio or 
CB radio or something along the lines of that, I'm going to start an extremely big fire. Because one thing that I do carry in my go bags or my EDC bag is multiple ways of redundancy when it comes to starting a fire. And typically speaking, if you're in a wood situation and it's not snowy everywhere, um, well, I guess technically speaking, you could still start a fire. It just isn't going to be as big. But for me, in my situation, I live in the desert. I can make a big ass fire if I needed to. You know, um, it's one of those things where your training and what you carry with you is going to determine if you make it out alive or not. And what I mean by that is, is having good medical supplies and things like that in your vehicle, on your person, whatever the case may be. So if we're talking just a regular scenario and we're not all geared up, then in my vehicle alone, personally, I've got um, multiple three-day ration, emergency food rations, full IFAC, individual IFACs, 550 cord. Um, I got a pop-up tent in there, some cooking utensils, um, including like propane stove and stuff like that. And then I also have, I keep a bag of charcoal and a mini charcoal grill in um, the back of my truck as well. And of course, that could be multi-purpose, at least the charcoal side. If it goes into a night situation and uh, it gets really cold or whatever the case may be, and you're eating your emergency ration bars, because that's what I have is just little food bars that you kind of let sit in water and they, you know, soften up so you can eat it. So I'm not necessarily cooking that. I could use the charcoal as a means for warmth um, outside if I needed to. Like I said, we have the tent, a um, couple air mattresses and things like that that I keep in the truck at all times. And then, of course, I have firearms that I keep in the vehicle, um, at least when we're in it. So I guess the answer to your question in my mind is address the threat, identify if my situation is worse than my buddies, address whichever wound is more severe. Um, if there is a spare tire, try to replace it. If not, hunker down, make a big ass fire. All right. And this is just kind of even uh, to give our viewers that don't know much more about tourniquets uh, a little bit of a uh, insight. Oh, I'm gonna so, I'm gonna execute one thing in there, uh, and interject. Sorry, not execute. Carry multiple tourniquets. Civilians yes. can get tourniquets. Carry multiple. I personally, in my kit, I'm talking my kit, my plate carrier, whatever the case I may be carrying. I like to have at least four tourniquets. I know that sounds extreme to a lot of people. I want one to cover every extremity I've got, regardless if I can put them on or not, I have them, not just because I'm looking out for myself, but if my buddy goes down and he doesn't have any on him, I've got enough to secure at least two limbs on him and two on me or three on him, one on me if I needed to, or whatever the case may be, or say you have a really bad bleed and one tourniquet's just not enough to cut the blood flow off because they're a bigger guy or whatever the case may be, double up. There's nothing wrong with doubling up on tourniquets. You do what you got to do to stop the bleed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this is just kind of more of a, not me busting your balls type thing, but an educational thing for the viewers. When you're placing that tourniquet on your buddy who's been got, you know, through the arteries, through the bone, and it's on the lower portion of the leg below the knee, where are you placing that tourniquet? You said below the knee. Yes. Above the wound. 
Now, how far above the wound? Six inches. Okay. So, basically, in that scenario, and you're right, about, you know, six inches. Now, if it's on an arm, you know, usually when you're placing a tourniquet there, three, two to three fingers, depending on how much room you got to work with. Because right. if it's, let's say, two fingers from the top of your shoulder, you're not going to want to go three because the tourniquet ain't stopping any blood flow if it's up here. Right. So it definitely de depends on the scenario. But for a leg wound, personally, six inches would be perfect enough. Um, I, Me, personally, I'd place it high and tight above the knee. Now, oh, granted, yeah, yeah, man. If, if the wound is right below the knee, I'm talking like right below the knee, then, yeah, of course, I'm going to go above the knee. But yeah. primarily, my thought process is I'm going to go six inches above the wound. So yeah. regardless if that's right below the knee or above the knee, wherever I can get the best blood flow um, to cut off, that's where I'm going to go to try to save it, you know what I mean, as much as possible. Yep. And, and you know, and obviously me and you know a little bit more, and I'm sure Griff does too, unfortunately. He's uh, not able to make it for this week's stream and possibly next week's because uh, he usually is uh, doing his – day job at this time so but when it comes to tourniquets you always want to go high and tight so that's just kind of scenario. if anybody else wants to chime in with their uh thoughts and opinions on how to place that tourniquet or who they're taking care of first whether it's you know your buddy or yourself feel free to uh comment and chime in absolutely all right so we're going to move into the next one. If anybody does comment in, we'll always backtrack. And uh, we interact with every single comment that comes in. So regardless of what you post, we will react to it, um, put it up on the screen, and uh, answer whatever questions you might have. But for the sake of the show, we're going to keep it moving. This is our Pro 2A News section. Okay, so I've got an article here from the New York Times and what it says is, on Friday, Iran's top nuclear scientist, who American and Israeli intelligence have long charged, was behind secret programs to design an atomic warhead. He was shot and killed in an ambush on Friday as he was traveling in a vehicle in northern Iran. Iranian state media reported the scientist, Mohsin, believed to be 59 years old, has been considered the driving force behind Iran's nuclear weapons program for two decades and continued to work after the main part of the effort was quietly disbanded in the early 2000s, according to American intelligence assessments and Iranian nuclear documents stolen by Israel. So from my understanding of what's going on, and there is a photo of the incident, so let's get that pulled up on the screen here. Give me a second. So, a photograph released by the semi-official FARS news agency showing the scene where Mohsin was killed in Absard, a small city just east of the capital, Tehran, Iran, on Friday. And that looks pretty bad. 
from what I'm looking at there. Let's see if I can't zoom in a little bit. Uh, nope, that's not what I wanted to do. Okay, well, hey brother, uh, do control and then the plus sign. Control and the plus sign, bro. Okay. Yeah, that'll zoom it in. Oh snap! All right, look at you for the win. Okay. Oh, hold on. And then minus zooms out. All right, we're learning here. We're learning. Oh snap! Okay. Yeah, so that looks pretty bad. That was dude's car right here. So uh, somebody didn't want him making nuclear bombs anymore. And, uh, I mean, I guess that's good for the country, right, when you look at it from that standpoint. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, I'm happy that somebody lost their life. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But when we have another country that uh, doesn't necessarily like us, having nuclear warheads is not something that uh, excites me to, to know that they have. Well, you know, exactly. And the one thing I will say on that is, you know, I don't think it's much of a secret anymore that there's nuclear weapons out there. Um, it's been known for God quite some time, yep, quite some time, especially since all the King Jong Un stuff with uh, North Korea's defense budget and their nuclear warheads. But when you know some of our guys are even still overseas there in Afghanistan and Iraq, and by the way, happy late Thanksgiving to those guys. We appreciate what you're doing for this country so absolutely but when it comes down to that type of a scenario again like Wes said I, I I'm not necessarily condoning the taking of one's life out of random but you know if you're transporting something like that and you know you're a part of that militia that already doesn't like the United States I would sooner uh, have it be you than us. And, and I hate saying it that way because it does kind of sound like I'm promoting that kind of violence. But, you know, when it comes down to warfare or defending the country, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do for the sake of the greater good. Absolutely. It, you know, I would always choose us first. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for saying that. That's just how I feel. It's my country, myself, and my family um, before anything, right? Yep. And that's the biggest thing. And, you know, it's sad to see that our country is in the state that it's currently in. And there's a lot of divide and a lot of fighting going on and a lot of civil unrest and potentially a, a civil war happening um, because of what's going on in our country. But when we lay everything down, take emotion out of it. I fully strongly believe that our country would go to bat for us. We would go to bat if another foreign government's military decided to land and start shit here. Excuse my language. Um, there's too many Americans with guns. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to just be soldiers that are throwing down. I, I know, you know, I wanted to go into the military out of high school. We talked about that. Um, with some medical things going on with me, I'm not able to do that in particular. But that doesn't mean that I'm not ready to handle some shit if I needed to. You know what I mean? And I know that there's a lot of other people um, that are in the same mindset. Even if you're not pro 2A, 
or you're anti-gun, I know you would find some type of way to contribute to protecting our country. And I just wish that, you know, the country as a whole right now could see that the politics and the media are trying to brainwash a lot of people and divide all of us to create the civil unrest. And, you know, the, the biggest message that I could put out is that the, the poor population, the middle class population, the not high class population, I'll say, um, if we stay divided, we'll never have any type of power. If we stay, yeah, and the, the control is always going to be there from the people who can fund it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and I, I agree with you there, brother. But, you know, it, it really comes down to the media and the politics of all of this, you know. And, of course, it doesn't help that right around the time that all this stuff with the pandemic started, we had the George Floyd issue. We had the Breonna Taylor thing that, you know, was kind of taking place at the same time. Then we had the stuff out in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse and, you know, all that just kind of fumbled down the funnel together. And not to mention the honey badger pistol grip scenario, gun, gun control stuff is going on as well. And well, exactly. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's become so divided. I, I feel the same way you do. It, it's sad seeing the way things are turning out because of all of this, especially from the side of being someone who served for six years. Um, you know, e even now that I'm in the two reserved years and could still be called back if they absolutely needed the bodies, um, I'd go no problem, but let's say, I believe, let's see here. So I'm almost one year into the IRR. I got one more year of that after uh, February 20th of next 2021. So February 19th of 2022, I'll be completely done with the contract. But let's say that time comes and I'm out and somebody were to start something here on Homeland. I'd have no problem going to bat. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's a messed up way to look at things that we're in such a uh, discombobulated situation and torn apart by everything the media's put out that it, it's come down to this. And jumping into that, I know you, you swapped our topic here to USA News, which makes well, we're kind of We're kind of talking same same talking kind of both. It's basically the same thing. So my USA News for this week here is uh, unfortunately from California, um, you know, but it's still a part of the U.S. So we're going to get into it. There were uh, two shot and killed at Northern California Mall on Black Friday. And this uh, is from StarTribune.com. Again, all of the uh, news articles and that that we are giving you guys this information from. We do not own the rights or the articles to. It's just strictly for educational purposes. So from this article, in Sacramento, California, police are looking for a gunman who shot and killed two teens at a Northern California mall in the midst of Black Friday, sending shoppers running for safety. Authorities said that uh, at Arden Fair Mall in Sacramento was evacuated shortly after 6 p.m. when shots were fired near one of the mall's entrances. 
A 19-year-old man was found dead at the mall, and a 17-year-old boy was found critically wounded at a bank outside of the mall. He was taken to the hospital and succumbed to his injuries several hours later. Police told the uh, Sacramento Bee on Saturday. Workers at the mall said they heard up to a dozen shots. Uh, this one's kind of a quote in one ear, so it says, Heard a couple of shots go off, didn't really think anything of it. Antoine Martinez said, and more and more kept going off. So everyone started running toward our back room. Everyone just started running. He said customers and workers evacuated through the corridors and stairways in the back of the mall. The coronavirus pandemic kept crowds thinner than usual on Black Friday. I can attest to that. I uh, went to Walmart yesterday and uh, definitely saw less people there on Black Friday than I do even during normal working days. But uh, it says one of the busiest shopping days of the year, obviously. And then uh, Shan said the uh, shooting appeared to be a targeted and isolated attack, though he didn't disclose the gunman's motive. Police say they were looking for a suspect in his 20s. Other details of the shooting weren't immediately released, but Shan urged people who have witnessed the shooting to come forward and said the mall's security camera footage will be examined by homicide detectives. We do know the mall does have a pretty robust surveillance footage, he said. Gun assaults and homicides have surged in the California capital as well as in Los Angeles and other cities. About 40 homicides have been reported this year. We are deeply concerned by the increase in gun violence in Sacramento and other cities during the pandemic and have supported increasing our efforts to reach young people at risk, Mayor Daryl Steinberg tweeted, a gun is never the answer. And because of this kind of stuff is why gun control is going in a direction that it is, unfortunately, because people, A, are getting hot-headed and making brash decisions and messing it up for everybody. You remember that saying when you were younger, one person messes it up for everybody. You know, it, you could be on the playground at recess and, and doing something that's been fine for years and one person does something wrong and it gets noticed and now it's taken away from everybody. Well, that's current world situations you know, the same that are good with guns and are law-abiding and not out here flaunting them around and discharging firearms in places that we shouldn't be. But the few people that are doing exactly that are going to ruin it for all of us. Not to mention the AR-15 contributes to like less than 3% of um, crimes in America, period. And uh, that's the biggest one that they're trying to get rid of. Now, clearly, you can see behind me, I have uh, multiple AR-platformed uh, rifles and, well, the bottom one's a shotgun. I have another AR sitting behind me on the ground uh, behind my seat. And uh, <laughs> Rob posted a comment. Let's see what that says. Uh, cut off your schlong so there's no more rape. Doesn't make sense either, does it? Yeah, right. So exactly. Yeah. That is a very, very valid statement. Um, yeah. You can only do so much, right? And here's the thing. Gun control laws aren't going to take guns away from the criminals you're going to take guns away from the law-abiding citizens 
who did not do anything wrong and did not deserve to have their guns taken from them. And I'm going to chime in on that for a minute, and I'm going to put it short, sweet, and simple here, uh, especially regarding Rob's statement. That's like the other saying goes, if guns kill people, I guess pencils misspell words and spoons make people fat. You know, at the end of the day, uh, really spoons we, make people fat. That is true. Yeah. Is true. Well, you know, when it really, <laughs> when it when it really comes down to it, you know, the funny part is you were talking about ARs being about three percent of the three percent. Uh, it's about two percent of all murders and or gun crimes. Uh, right. Any related gun crimes, two percent are involving an AR, which is. A fraction, and we're talking country. We're not talking individual state. We're talking throughout the country. Pistols are used in more crimes more. than any other firearm, period. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. It's the person behind the, you know, firearm or the knife or whatever weapon they're using. It's not the weapon itself. However, being a pro to a uh, podcast here, we're mainly talking about firearms, so... It's not the gun that kills people. And I'll tell you what, per example, I know you'll agree with this too. You can load up a magazine, slap it inside the uh, firearm, set it down on the table. Okay, go off, shoot, kill somebody. It's not going to do it. Why? Because unless you put your burger finger in the bang bang switch, that gun ain't going off. Exactly. Exactly. And what you saw me holding up there was 511 Tactical EDC knife. This is going to contribute to more crimes than a pistol or a rifle. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, that's going to be one of your biggest contributing things to crime, uh, more so than firearms, period. Yeah. And most of the time, when you look at crimes that are related to guns, um, the majority of them, the shots weren't even fired. They were used as an intimidation tool to get whoever they're trying to rob or, you know, do a crime against to succumb to whatever it is that they're doing, right? A knife is going to be more dangerous in one of those situations than a gun most of the time. Uh, and I'm not speaking from opinion. I'm speaking from a, a state, you know, a statistical standpoint where a knife is smaller, easier to conceal, easier to pull out, easier to do things with, and less noticed than a gun. If I pull my knife out when I'm in a store, I could be opening a box. I could be opening a package. I could be opening a bag. You have no idea. People use knives for a lot of different things. Um, so it's less of an intimidation factor to have the knife out in my hand when I'm doing something. Um, than a gun would be if I'm walking around Walmart with my gun in my hand. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to get tackled tackle. by security, right? But if but I have a box in one hand and my knife in the other, what are you going to assume? Oh, he's opening that box. Yeah, and you know, I mean, Rob basically said it best too. You know, it's going to sit there and look pretty, nothing else. And I'm sure Rob was referring to uh, firearms. Yep, kind of like I was when I said. Load it up, slap it in, set it down on a table, and tell it to kill somebody. It's not going to, you know. So, I mean, realistically, my whole thing with that scenario, I guess, at, especially at 
the mall in Sacramento. These cops are going to be obviously doing their part and looking at the surveillance footage and that, but you know, okay. Yep. That's exactly Rob just commented. Yep. The firearms, but you know, when it comes down to it, they're going through the surveillance footage. Hopefully they'll actually, uh, get it from a good angle where they can identify who these, you know, or who this shooter is and, uh, supply the justice that's needed for the crime. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's just taken so far out of context. It's not even funny. You know, like we discussed on your channel, the AR bullet. If we get into the facts about it, the AR bullet diameter wise of the actual projectile, I'm not talking about shell casing powder, all that crap. I'm literally talking about the projectile itself. The outside diameter of that round is the same as a 22 bullet, which hunters use for rabbit, squirrel, bird, sometimes depending on the situation or whatever. Small game is my point. A 22 bullet is the same diameter. The only thing that is really going to separate it is the fact that A, it's pointy, B, it's got a longer shell on it, and C, it's got more powder behind it, so it moves a little bit faster right? It's exactly that. It's a tool. And uh, let's see, I'm going to read that comment exactly. It's a tool. Every tool needs an operator for it to function. And that is absolutely correct. So when you look at the AR platform, yes, it could look scary and militarized and all that stuff. But when you go look at uh, anybody who's watching that isn't necessarily pro 2A or anything like that, and you have uh, an older person in your family, uh, primarily going to be a male, may not be a male, but primarily going to be a male, and they own firearms for hunting and things like that, ask them to show you. Ask them to show you what they have, what caliber it is, and have them show you the size of bullet that goes into those rifles. If you look at a 6.5 Creedmoor, or a 308 round, or a 30-odd 6 round, or a 45 Colt, or I can keep going, you know, a SOCOM round or a 50 Bayo, or I can go and go and go and go. You know what I mean? 30-odd six, whatever the case may be. Those rounds are going to be much bigger in diameter, have a lot more kick behind them and a lot more power, and they're going to be a lot more destructive than an AR-15. But an AR-15, because it looks militarized, is why everybody in gun control is trying to get rid of them. It is a tool, and the operator that uses it is in full responsibility of that firearm and point to be made off of your set the gun down and shoot. Shoot somebody. Hello? Shoot somebody. Nothing's happening. You see them in every single episode that we do. My firearms will not fire unless I grab them and initiate the action to make it go boom. That is it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, that that's the whole thing with it. it. It's all down to the operator. And it it just baffles me that these people in gun control don't understand that. You know, most uh, AR platforms, unless you're talking, you know, the M4 in the military. And even then, that's still kind of a uh, touch and go thing because... 
the furthest it gets up to as far as automatic goals is a three-round burst uh, for the M4. Now, your AR-15 platform, you're only getting one tr- you know, bullet being shot out with a weapon per trigger pull. And the whole assault rifle being what the AR stands for, it, it, it's brain-dead and stupid. You know, before they go into these press conferences and want to act, you know, like they know what they're talking about, like the AR-14s. Yeah. You know. 100-round magazines that shoot a 1,000 rounds per second. Well, you can't ban an AR-15 with a high-capacity magazine if it's belt-fed, right? Look at that. 9-millimeter bullet, pistol, significantly wider in diameter than a two two three round. Right? Literally... The 223 round basically fits inside of the 9mm, including the casing. The casing itself is smaller in diameter than the whole 9mm itself. So this is going to hurt more than this, technically speaking, when it comes to diameter of the projectile. Yeah. <laughs> I like Rob's comment. It's a ghost gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're going to keep that conversation uh, on, on the uh, on the wraps. Well, we'll get into ghost guns next week, Rob. If you decide to hop on, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. And okay, I will say this: ghost gun, eighty percent lowers is primarily what he's referring to. Eighty percent lowers are not completely milled out uh, lower receivers for the AR platform that are unserialized because technically it's not a gun. At that point, you have to modify it to make it into the firearm uh, to begin with but we will get into ghost guns next week and thank you rob for giving us a topic to bring up in next week's segment or we will possibly do it on thursday in the minnesota overlanders uh live stream show or we might double back on both so we'll see if 40 it fires 40 rounds per second i was wrong You know how that goes. Right. All right, guys. Well, once again, we're going to leave you with a positive message. And the positive me- uh, positive message for today is take care of your family. Be safe. Um, I don't know how you feel about masks. I, I do know how I feel about them. Do whatever you feel you need to do to take care of your family. Stay safe and keep yourself in a good mindset. 2020 is almost over. And, uh, We should be looking forward to 2021 and hopefully big change in a positive way. From from Sin City Tactical, Jax from the Minnesota Overlanders, we love you. Thanks for joining, and you guys have a good night.